and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Leah Sitar. My name's Leah and I'm the co-founder of The Other Box and I'm also a freelance creative. Leah and her fellow co-founder Roshni created The Other Box in 2016 as a platform encouraging inclusivity in the creative industry. In that short time, they've already earned an impressive amount of awards and accolades, including making the Forbes 100 Women Founders in Europe list and being named one of the top 50 trailblazers in the industry by Campaign Magazine and AMV. But we started by asking Leah to describe the other box on her own terms and tell us what the work looks like from day to day. The Other Box is an award-winning platform for increasing diversity in the creative industries where we celebrate and champion people of colour and people from other underrepresented backgrounds as well. The best way to put it is is that we are a creative consultancy. Roshni and I are practising creatives, which then feed all the work that we do. So we designed the Know Your Bias workshop with a learning and development specialist to really create a really interactive series of exercises to really challenge the way you think about things, which can then improve the diversity and inclusion within a workplace. So we do that as well as like sort of longer term training. We work on creative projects and brand partnerships. And then we also have a community currently like 1,700 creatives, all from underrepresented backgrounds that we support. It's quite London centric, but actually they are spread out across Europe. We're launching an official Manchester chapter, Bristol, Glasgow and Edinburgh soon. Amsterdam that's coming in 2019, which is exciting. And I guess a lot of it, the, the community By having our ear to the ground, it services the work that we do through the consultancy and then working on creative projects, which is what we love the most. I mean, for International Women's Day this year, we had the opportunity to work with Skinny Dip, which was an incredible experience. It's our first brand partnership and sold out in 20 minutes. It was wild. And we did an incredible panel discussion on female empowerment, diversity and creativity with Slumflower, Galdem, uh, Jade Loris and Authentically Ella. And then we also did a social media takeover where we showcased 12 emerging creatives, all from underrepresented backgrounds that people need to know about. And we just gave them the opportunity, these creatives, to just share their stories. And out of it, they got interviews, they got video interviews, they got to share their work with Skinny Dips platform. So we did a website takeover and social media takeover, which was amazing. And that's what I love, the fact that we're able to do that for our community and support them and put on workshops to help them build their CVs, their portfolios. And like we did a copywriting workshop recently and just give them the opportunities that they deserve. That's that's basically what we do and what we enjoy the most. Leah also filled in on what prompted her and Roshni to set up the initiative in the first place. It was created mainly out of frustration around the diversity conversation, especially around 2016 and prior to that as well. Just focusing on gender and is in very binary terms. So on women, but it was mainly white women because on judging lineups, on creative teams, on industry talks and everything that we were going to, whether it was an event or whatever, it was still mainly focused about white women, white middle-class women, and people like us were being left out of that conversation. And we were like, how do we change that? Like, how can we address this in a way where people are going to listen to us and start talking about diversity intersectionally, which has been completely missed out for so long. And there's always been this disconnect, especially around my identity of 
feeling comfortable and confident with who I am and embracing my brownness. You know, I'm a woman of color. I'm from South Asian background, single parent family. You know, I was born Muslim and working class and all these different aspects of my identity, which have really jarred with me, like being too brown for my white friends and too white for my brown friends and just this constant conflict that I've had. So because we both like branding background, within a week, we just sort of coined the concept of the other box, had a website set up, started posting on social media, and then it was born. And then, yeah, it kind of, the rest of it just flourished from there, I guess you could say. Originally from a small town in Greater Manchester, Leah told us how a popular American TV show first helped her identify an interest in creative work. So I grew up in a small town outside of Manchester called Rochdale, and... My mum's always encouraged me and my sister to be creative and she's always said, I don't care what you do, I just want you to be happy and self-sufficient. And so that's kind of what we've always grown up with. And being from a sort of single parent family as well, I think being self-sufficient has been super important. The fact that we rely on ourselves and we get ourselves through whatever we need to get through. But it wasn't until I was in year eight and I remember watching Ugly Betty for the first time and I fell in love with Wilhelmina Slater. I loved everything about her, like her power, her confidence. I remember thinking, I want to be a creative director, but I didn't know what it meant, but I just knew that I wanted to be one. And I wanted to move to New York and I wanted to be the next Wilhelmina Slater. That was when I was in year eight, so I was about 10, 11. And then I kind of set myself a plan then, what how I was going to do things. So I went to school in Rochdale. I made sure my college was in the next town, so I'd have to travel. And then from there, I did my foundation in Manchester to kind of get used to city life. And then when I was 19, I moved to London. Yeah, so I think being fascinated by with that character when I was younger and seeing a woman of colour in such a position of power and being creative and just being beautiful and amazing and just being like walking down the street on her phone like that's what I wanted and now that I'm that woman I'm exhausted but yeah that kind of where it all started. Going on to study graphic design at London Metropolitan, Leah graduated in 2013 but admits that her first 18 months of finding her way and learning about the industry were a real challenge. Looking back now especially at my time at uni in terms of my experiences with the fact that I met some amazing people that was amazing. But actually what I learned about the industry, I learned nothing. And even how to use programs, how to talk, how to write emails, all this important stuff that I should have been learning at uni, I wasn't learning. And, you know, it was great. The fact that uni gave me the opportunity, especially coming from working class background. And at that time, like I was eligible for certain grants and things like that and loans. So I was able to move here. But Other than that, especially actually when I graduated as well, like I really struggled to get a job in the industry because I didn't know how, I didn't have connections. It was really, really difficult. So for a year and a half, I was working in retail, just trying to figure it out, doing like these awful jobs on the side, such as, you know, like Elance and Odesk. I'm not sure if they still exist now, but I was literally working for like one pound an hour on design projects to build up my portfolio. I didn't know how to get into the industry. It was at London-based design company MYWW, founded by design strategy specialist Emma Sexton, that Leah got her first break. Here she got to try her hand at everything from social media management to project management and went on to become a design manager. Working so closely with a startup, I learned so much about business, about creativity, being able to work on these huge projects, huge brands that I loved as well was super exciting. But just being able to work closely with someone like that and have someone invest their time into me was 
life-changing. And I think if I went straight into an agency, that probably would have got lost. And, you know, you very much with an agency, you do your role and that's it. Whereas actually working for a startup, I was able to do all of it. I was able to look at account management as well as being working on creative briefs, as well as admin, as well as event planning, as well as doing marketing and all the different things that happen when you work as part of a startup. And without that experience, it definitely wouldn't have been able to set up my own thing a few years later. I think looking back now, I much prefer doing everything else other than designing. Like I can do small things here and there, like that's fine. But actually I much enjoy the creative side of it, really thinking about how far we could push a brief or putting on events and that sort of thing is a lot more what I enjoy. So since doing The Other Box, I was juggling a lot at the time and it really took off really, really quickly as well. How do I then balance that with obviously my job, which I love as well, and everything else I was trying to do? And we did it for 18 months, but it got to the point where we had such traction and we were winning awards and more people were wanting stuff from us and we couldn't deliver that as well as I'm running full-time jobs as well. Balancing her full-time work with the other box was beginning to take its toll and Leah was feeling the effects of overworking, eventually burning out. I got full-on pneumonia. <laughs> it was very dramatic. <laughs> it was quite early on when I was balancing a lot of it. Um, and then going into 2017, I had to cut down massively what I said yes to. But what I realised actually, and this is probably one of my biggest learnings, is that within my sort of generation of being a millennial, like it's just fear of like missing out on things. So I said yes to everything. And I was like, okay, if I say yes to this, it'll get the box more attention and then we'll be able to grow and reach more people. And so I was saying yes to everything and not being very strategic in what I was saying yes and no to. And so by getting so ill, and even now I still feel the repercussions of it, like I have to be really careful. Like as soon as I get a cold, it can very quickly develop into a chest infection. It's always like a constant reminder of like, don't go too hard when you have your own business. It's kind of hard not to do that, but yeah, I had six weeks off and it really forced me to look at myself, look at what I wanted from life. It just reminded me of a time where I promised myself that I would always make sure that I enjoy what I do. So during uni, my first year at uni, my stepdad was diagnosed with cancer. And in May 2011, I moved home temporarily to help look after him and look after my family. And he passed away in August. And one thing he said to me, which is always going to haunt me, is not haunt me, but I guess something that I have to live by is work, work, work. That's all I've ever fucking done. And look where it's got me. And that's really sobering to hear, especially from someone that you love. And from then on, I was, I was like, okay, whatever I do, I need to make sure that I'm enjoying it. And it gives me more of a purpose than just working to be successful and rich, but actually I'm enjoying myself and I'm allowing myself to live the best life that I possibly can at the same time. And so having pneumonia really reinforced the fact that like, don't forget that. Like, this is what you promised yourself. Like you have to live by that. So it got to the point, especially when Roshni was heavily pregnant, she was like, let's just see what happens if we did this full time. Because we've been so successful for 18 months doing a few hours a week and weekends and evenings. What would happen if we just put all of our time and energy into it? And it happened really nicely because she was seven months pregnant at the time. And I was like, okay, let's just see what happens. So we just did it. <laughs> but I think at the same time as well, I think it was Vicky Maguire who works at Grey. She, I went to a talk and she said she calls it a fuck it fund where you 
save up three months salary. So you're still able to pay whatever you need to pay, but you're able to then explore, look for new jobs or whatever. But mine wasn't really a fuck it fun. It was just kind of like, okay, this is going to see me through so I can focus all my time, love and energy into the other box. And it paid off massively. So yeah. As part of a wave of new companies, platforms and initiatives pushing for greater inclusion and representation across the industry, the other box has been received with open arms. Leah talked to us about why she personally felt the movement towards greater diversity has been able to accelerate and the ways that companies and individuals can all be working towards genuine and lasting change. I think a lot of it is social media has really given a voice to people who've never really been listened to before and wider culturally as well. If you look at sort of Black Lives Matter, the Muslim ban that was happening, the women's protest, we're living in a post-Trump Brexit era where I feel like our stories need to be shared and they need to be listened to more so now more than ever and I think that's why people are beginning to listen to it but what really frustrates me around this whole diversity movement is the fact that it's still very tokenized in so many ways people think that just because they run one unconscious bias workshop in their workplace that it's going to fix a problem but unless you're doing something every day to counteract that you're never going to fix a problem And so it's really important for us to make sure that one, the work that we're doing consultancy wise is really creating long lasting change, but also our community of people from underrepresented backgrounds, creatives as well are being serviced as well as they possibly can do. So whether that's connecting them to events, connecting them to job opportunities, getting them featured on the radio or in magazines or whatever it is, making sure that everybody gets that opportunity to just flourish and be their best selves. Even like really simple things that you can do just by diversifying your feed, your social media feed, like what you're looking at on Twitter, what are you following on Instagram and just getting different perspectives can really help to start break down any stereotypes you may hold against a certain group of people. And that's just a really simple, quick way that you could do things. So we're always sharing amazing platforms and articles and just people that are doing amazing stuff. So I think that that's a great way for people to start. I have an idealistic view of how I think things are going to change, but it needs to happen quicker. And I don't want to wait for 10 years to see a more diverse workforce where there's equal maternity and paternity packages, where people are allowing flexible working, where people are thinking and considering disabled talent as well. My friend Solomon, he set up a company called Disability, which focuses on disabled creative talent. And so many agencies that are still just completely inaccessible to him physically because he can't get his wheelchair through the front door. So it'd be really amazing to live in an industry where it's truly inclusive for everybody and not just certain groups of people. And I think especially like the, you know, the gender conversation's gone on for so long. I don't think we can wait that long for to then talk about the next group of people, the next group of people. It should be intersectional from the very beginning because otherwise, how are we ever going to create long lasting change for everybody? Lastly, we spoke to Leah about her vision of the future of the creative industries and the advice she has for those starting out now, including her recommendations for further platforms championing underrepresented voices in the industry. I mean, my one piece of advice would be the power of community and the solidarity that comes within that as well. And with the other box, our community online has been essentially just having a safe space where you can literally talk about things and just even if you don't want to talk about anything bad you just want to celebrate yourself like I wrote this article or I did this at work today and just having a space where you can be celebrated for that is really important so finding communities like that and 
even within the workplace as well, like finding your tribe is, it will completely transform your world. And in terms of initiatives, obviously the other box, but the other things like Galdem are a great resource. The articles that they're producing every day are incredible. Creative Access is another awesome one. And the one piece of advice I'd give myself after I graduated, I guess it would just be truly believing in yourself and not in like a cringy, cheesy way, but truly like my experiences, my story, it matters and not trying to whitewash myself to fit into something. And also as well, when it comes to jobs, I think this is what I say to people in our community as well. Like when you're going for a job interview, you, especially when you're from a minority, you will change yourself because you think that's what people want. But just as much as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them because retirement's getting pushed further and further and further. And we're going to retire at like 112 at this rate. So you need to enjoy where you are. So go with your gut instinct and just remember that you matter. Like everything about you is beautiful and just embracing all of that. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Leah Sitar. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include us two, GF Smith, Google, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. <laughs>